Guys, we're in week three of Legacy. We're talking about how to leave a legacy and how to live a legacy life. We have books uh, where the series has kind of been inspired by a book by Dave Ramsey called uh, The Legacy Journey. And if you haven't checked this out, we have them available outside. And it's just all about um, life, money, and hope and how to uh, live our life with a legacy mindset. I, I think... Uh, one of the things that we miss many times in, in uh, regard to our finances is vision. The Bible says without a vision, people perish. And so in this series, we're talking about getting a vision for our life, getting a vision for what God wants to do in and through us, because God wants to use you to make a difference. I mean, I hope you know that. I hope you know that God has big plans for your life, that you're not a nobody. You're somebody that God has put his glory on. He's put his hand on. He wants to do something awesome in and through your life. That all of the promises in the word, that you can put your name by him because he, he, he intended them for you. And I just want to encourage somebody, maybe you feel like you've been underneath, you feel like that you have no hope, you feel like you've made bad choices, you feel like that circumstances have left you in difficult places, I just want to encourage you to let you know that God is in control and he has a good plan for your life. And he wants you to leave a legacy. And so I'm, I'm so excited. We're going to study the book of Galatians today, one of my favorite books of the Bible. God uh, used the book of Galatians to literally change my life. And I'm excited to just take you to Galatians chapter 6 in a time where Paul gives us a law in the Bible that really has the power to change everything when it, in regards to making a difference, leaving a legacy, uh, loving, serving, giving, and get some hope in our lives about, uh, about all these areas. Uh, he says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man, or you could put there a lady, a woman, uh, he's just talking about people, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Whoever sows to please their flesh will from their flesh they're going to reap something. They're going to reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit are going to reap something as well. They're going to reap eternal life. So let's not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. It's the church. And he says this in verse 11. I love this. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. I think sometimes in the, you know, all the modern uh, technology and all the Bibles that we have, we forget that the Bible was uh, penned by the Apostle Paul. This was a letter, um, was a letter written by the Apostle Paul with his hand. Scholars say that, um, that he, this could have been at the end of his life where he was kind of not being able to be as precise with his writing. Uh, or maybe he was like me and had terrible handwriting. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness from somebody who's got some, you should have been a doctor for the way that you sign, right? Um, but, uh, or, or it could be simply this. Um, it could be him bolding this portion of the scripture. That as he's writing, he starts underlining and he's starting, he, he, he's trying to give, give us the importance of this principle in, in, in the area of our life, this, this principle that he tells us about sowing and reaping, I just love that. The large letters that, that he writes with his own hands. So I, I want to take uh, what Paul writes and just talk about this principle from the scripture of how to live a legacy life. 
and, and just simply on this topic, how giving is good. We're talking about four subjects in this series, how less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. Can you say those four things with me? I hope they're a principle for life. I hope you remember that through this series is long gone. Here we go. Less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. And God's helping us through his word to leave a legacy. Let's, let's pray and ask God to speak to us today from his word. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity just to study together with this amazing group of people here this morning. Uh, we love you, and we ask that you would speak to us. Now, Holy Spirit, would you come? I, I realize you can do more in a moment than I could do in a million sermons. So would you speak to us here today? That's what we're looking for. We want, we want your voice. We want you to speak to us from the word today. In, in, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Giving is good. Giving is good. Well, let's start with this. Giving doesn't come easy for most people. Um, and and I, think, I think the reason is, is because we are all natural born getters, aren't we? I have three boys and all of them are getters. I mean, they are all, even the little one, even the four month old, he is a getter. Uh, you know, he, we carry him around. We, uh, you know, we feed him, we clothe him, we change his diaper. He is a good little, uh, he, he loves being a getter. Uh, he He's really good at it. And, uh, and one of the things I've learned, I've been reminded of having a third kid is people say, man, I slept like a baby last night. Well, that's not a very good thing because babies don't, do not sleep very well. Uh, so so we're, we're, we're all born getters. We're all born uh, receiving. And, and my, my older boys, they love it. They love going to Five Below. I don't know if you've ever been to Five Below over here in Turkey Creek. They love it. And I tell them to, you can get one thing and I figure it can't be that bad because at the worst, it's going to be five bucks. And for about 10 minutes, I'm the best dad on planet earth until they want something else. <laughs> and then they want something else and then something else and something else. We're, we're, we're getters. And I, I love getting. It's awesome. How many you love getting? How many has a birthday coming up this month? You know, come on, you love getting. Somebody raise their hand. Get a, give Mike a present. Come on, he's wanting, a, he's wanting a gift. I mean, we love getting. I love gifts. I've already got my wish list going for Christmas. Uh, I, I love getting. But today, I want to give giving a little bit of love and say, what would it look like if we had an understanding of what giving was all about and how giving actually can be good. And, and if we're going to talk about giving being good, I guess I have a question. It's simply this. What are the downsides to giving? I was trying to rack my brain this week. What are the downsides to giving? We talk about giving and it being good. And really, this should just be something that's, that's easy to talk about. But, but really, it kind of can be opposite because we think giving, I don't know if giving is good. Giving, we get, we get real uh, nervous when we talk about giving, especially in church. I mean, you talk about how it's been hard preaching the last three weeks, everybody. You get talking about money and everybody's like, shh. I'm not even going to give a Baptist wave. I'm not giving anything. I'm just going to look straight. I'm not saying anything. Uh, you know, he gets nervous in church when you start talking about giving. You know, so what's the downsides to giving? What would it downsides to be to giving? The only thing that I could come up with, and maybe you can help me out. I was calling friends this week. Tell me, what's the bad thing? about Like, what's the downside of giving? And the only thing I could come up with is the downside of giving would, would be this, that when I give, I have less. And it's a really deep theology here for you today, here at the 12 o'clock. Um, when I give, I have less. So 10 minus 1 equals less. 2 minus 1 equals less. Like when I give, I have less. And if you didn't get that illustration, I have another illustration for you. I have apples, everybody. 
And, and the fear is whenever we talk about giving, whenever we talk about making a difference or talking about leaving a legacy, we get, you know, we, we think about giving and we think, okay, I have this number of apples here. And then whenever I choose to give, I have less apples. And then maybe I have a friend that I want to be a blessing to. And then maybe I have a, have a missionary that I want to help out. And then maybe I have uh, someone in town that I see. There we go, UK. We, we, um, Go big blue, and uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, we go, Jim. There we, we, uh, good job. We, we, we find people and that that we can be a blessing to. Some people are like, do not throw it at me. Do not throw it at me. Whatever you do, do not throw it at me. First service, someone's like, Phew, I thought you were gonna throw it to me. Somebody in the back, is that you? All right, here we go. See what we got. Oh, good job, good job, good job. And 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 we live and we give and we make and we try to help people around us and, and 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 before long after we've given after we've helped there you go there's somebody else to help there and we look and we have less apples really deep today everybody see this is this is how we view giving i give but when i give i have less that's the danger of giving. That's the scary thing about giving. That's the scary thing about giving my time or, or giving my money or giving my resources to something or to someone. If I give, then I actually am going to have less and I'm not going to have enough if I give. And I want today to show you from the scripture that we just read that, that, that it's actually the adverse is true. That the only way that we live the life that God intended for us to live, a life of blessing and a life of legacy, if you will, to leave a legacy far beyond you, it doesn't happen except by being generous. You can see there on the top of your notes, our theme verse for this whole scripture is simply this, that good will come to him who is generous. That, that, that God in his word consistently fights against this idea that when you give, you have less. God, time and time again, it's the number one topic in the Bible, more than faith, more than heaven and hell, this idea of giving and God's promise and blessing being on us when we give, to essentially say this, when you give, you don't have less. When you give, you actually can have more. And I'm gonna show it to you in the scripture. If you're taking notes, here's note number one, because you reap what you sow. That's what we just read that Paul wrote to the Galatian church. You reap what you sow. This is a law, like the law of gravity. Doesn't matter if you pray against it. Doesn't matter if you don't believe in it. Doesn't matter um, if, you, if, you, if you hate it or if you love it. This is just the law. You reap what you sow. Paul, Paul says this. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So there's a law, the law of the harvest. And I don't, I don't know if you... Um, having experience with planting gardens or anything like that. I grew up out in the country in Kentucky. Um, got to live next to my grandparents, which at the time I didn't realize even how much of a privilege that was. That was such a cool experience as a kid to get to be raised next to my grandparents. And they, they always had a garden. And uh, we, I, I remember whether it was squash or tomatoes or okra, they were always planting something out back. And it was the coolest thing ever as a kid. And so I just remember having these things all over um, all over the house, these seed packets. I don't know if you've ever even seen one of these before. This is actually where your food comes from, right here. Um, 
this, the, these type of things that's called a seed. <laughs> and as a kid, I loved it because we would plant these seeds. So they would go, uh, they, would, they would till the garden in the back of the, of the house, of my grandparents' house, and then they would, we would go as kids and we would go put the seeds down. And uh, it was, we would, we'd put them in the dirt and it was a blast. I mean, it was just exciting. Uh, we had so much fun doing it and then we would try to go back and dig the seeds up, but my, we had to learn to stop doing that. But uh, we, we, just, we loved it as a kid, taking, taking these seeds and put them, putting them in the ground. It was exciting. Never once was it something that was sad to do. I was thinking about this. Nobody was ever like crying like, oh, the seed I'm planting in the ground, I didn't want to do it. It's all gone. I did have 20 seeds. Now I have 19 seeds. And, oh, God, 18 seeds. I was going to eat that one, 18 seeds. And, and, there's, and you know, I mean, it, it was never something sad. It was something we loved to do. It was exciting because we knew that when we sowed it into the ground, it was going to come back. And not just come back what not just come back a little seed, but it was going to come back this, this this beautiful thing that we could have that we could eat that would sustain us that we could share, and then that again they would take the seeds from the thing that came out of the ground and we would plant it again, and there would be another harvest and another harvest and another harvest and what the apostle Paul is trying to tell us is simply this that don 't be deceived you 're going to reap what you sow, and I think sometimes that can be kind of like a like, like, sound like your parents, you're going to reap what you sow. Like it's negative. But if you could hear it like this, you're going to reap what you sow. Like hear it as something that's like, are you serious? Are you for real, God? That If that's true, then that means what I give is not gone. Wait a minute. If that's true, then that means the time, energy, effort, money, anything that I give that's temporary into the soil of a soul to make an eternal difference, you're telling, wait, um, just a minute. You're not just saying it's going to make a difference, are you? You're actually saying I'm going to get something back for it? This is crazy. See, nobody plants a seed just hoping to get one seed up. No one just plants a seed hoping to just get one, one vegetable up. There's a harvest that's expected when you sow the seed. I hope you're getting this today. That, that giving is something that's good. It shouldn't be something that we get nervous about or, or we get upset about because the idea we have less apples. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, giving is actually good because God's not going to be mocked. In other words, you can't outgive God. You can try your whole life, and that would be a good goal. Just have the goal that in my life, I'm going to try to outgive God. And you're going to give, and God's going to give back. And you're going to give, and God's going to give back. And God will never be outgiven because he will never be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So that should bring us some hope. Let's sow. Like, let's get excited about making a difference in the lives of people. And, uh, or, or, or maybe this, don't eat all your seed. If this is true, make sure you're planting some of it. Like, don't, don't, don't eat all your, own, all your time up. Don't eat all your money up. Don't eat all your impact up. Make sure every time that you get paid, every time you have resources, every time you have time, make sure you're always saving time to plant something because you need a harvest coming someday. Whatever a man sows, you're going to reap it. So this is exciting. You're going to reap what you sow. Here's the a, here's, here's a second thing. You're going to reap where you sow it. <laughs> so as a kid... We, would, we, we never one time planted 
seeds in the backyard and expected like plants in the front yard. Like we're never like, oh, it's going to be wonderful tomatoes and we plant them in the backyard and then we go in the front yard and like, oh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. No, we never did that. We'd be crazy if we did that. Why? Because we planted in the backyard and we're coming to the front yard. I could sit there and pray all day long, 24 hours a day in the front yard. Let there be plants. Let there be tomato plants. Let there be tomato plants. But, but, but it, there's a law happening. It doesn't matter how much I pray or how much I want or how much I, I cry or how much I seek for it to happen. At the end of the day, I'm only going to reap what I sow where I sow it. Like that's it. It's a law. That's why, that's why Paul says, whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh, they're going to reap something. It's not going to be good. If all you do is sow to please yourself, it's not good. You can, you can live your life hoping to have the good blessings of God, but if you don't sow things into the right soil, if you don't sow to please the Spirit, what Paul's saying, then you're never going to reap eternal life. It's just the law. You say, I need some joy. I need some of that blessing. I need some hope. I need, but but we're sowing. We can sow in the wrong place. Jesus said this, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Moths and rust, vermin destroy and thieves break through and steal, but store up for yourselves. And I tell you, that's a concept biblically that just really makes my mind just go, you're telling me that I can actually live my life and give in such a way that I'm storing up for myself treasures in heaven? I don't understand that. This is what Jesus says. It's 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 an investment opportunity, if I could say it that way. That, that, That you can live and give to the things of the earth as you should, but just know that Stuff's going to come destroy it, and your 401k may be a 201b. You know what I mean? It may, it may, like, life's going to go up and down and crazy, but the only sure investment that any of us will ever have is to give to the eternal things of God, and we actually store things up for ourselves, treasures in heaven. I don't understand it, but I'll tell you this, it gives me a lot of hope. It says, because whenever you're storing it in heaven, moths and vermin, they're not destroying it, and thieves can't break in and steal it. We used to sing a song whenever I was growing up in church. said, the world, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. They'd say it again, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. I love that. Because nobody can take away this investment. And he goes on to say, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I think I always read this verse growing up that that's the opposite, that you're heart follows, like your treasure follows your heart. It's like if I love something, I'm going to give to something. I think that is true. But what Jesus gave is even, I think, a deeper uh, truth when it comes to our heart and our treasure. Jesus says, wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart is going to be invested. I don't know if you've ever had an investment before, maybe a stock or a bond. And, 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 and that one investment, when you're, the moment your treasure got there, it got a little piece of your heart. The moment your treasure gets in something, your heart is soon to follow because it's part of your treasure. And Jesus is trying to say, when you store up for yourselves 
when you give and you store up for yourselves eternal things, your heart is going to be in heaven. Your heart is going to be on eternal things. So when I think about that, I think, well, God, are you saying giving is then not just about you? Like, I think, well, giving is to, like, help the church, and giving is to help somebody in need, and giving is to help, you know, someone who's poor or someone who's, like, giving is that. And as it is all of those things, wonderful things. Charities are supported by giving. Families are blessed by giving. Churches are established and able to make a difference because of giving. But it's as if Jesus saying, it's not even about just the impact This is about when you give to me, your heart is with me. It's as if God's saying, I don't need your money, but I do want your heart. And the moment you give your heart, the moment you start beginning to give treasure to God, God says, man, now your heart is going to be on the things of God. So so follow me. You reap what you sow, you reap where you sow it. Here's the third thing. You reap how you sow. You reap how you sow. Jesus said this about forgiveness. He says, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. (laughs) Will be poured into your lap. uh, For, watch this, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know who decides how blessed you are? You do. I do. Jesus says, the blessing's not dependent on God. The, The blessing's dependent on what measure you use. So you reap where you sow, you reap what you sow, and you reap how you sow. If you put one seed down, you can expect one thing. But if, you, if you're generous in the way that you sow the seeds in your life, you're going to be generously blessed. Jesus says you get to choose the measure of how blessed you are. And only you and God know if you're stingy or if you're generous. And I think the Holy Spirit, I know is at least convicting me in this series and in this, in this, in this message to simply this, let's be a generous people. Let's ask God, what measure are we using? And let's choose to use the generous measure to make a difference in the lives of other people because God has been blessed. God has blessed us because when I give, I don't have less. I'm just sowing a seed. And with a little bit of time and a little bit of trust, God's going to bring back more than I ever expected. Paul writes this to the church at Corinth. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, you can expect a sparing harvest. You're going to reap sparingly. But here's some hope. Whoever sows generously, it's going to be good. You're going to reap generously. So let's be generous. Let's sow into the eternal things of God. Let's leave a legacy. Giving is good. Now, I love what he says next. He says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. And this is my prayer for City Hills Church. I want us to be a church of intentional generosity. Not a church that just people that give reluctantly. He says, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, don't ever give because you feel like your arm's being twisted to give. Don't ever do that. If you're doing that, you're just doing it for men. You're doing it for people. But God says, I want you to be the kind of person that you make a conscious decision to say, God, I want to be a giver. I want to make a difference. I've, choos- I've chosen a percentage or I've chosen something. I want to give. Like, like go have a conversation with your family and say, how are we going to use our life to be generous? Like, how are we going to use every aspect of our life, our time, 
our, our money, our, our, our resources, our home, our cars, our work? Like, how can we leverage the life that God's given us to make a difference? And let's decide. That's my prayer. Let's decide what we are to give and how we are to give and how we are to make a difference. So here's the question I have for you is how do you decide? How do we decide? I want to help you today. How do we decide to give? So if we're going to be intentional, if we're going to be the kind of people that sow and invest our lives into the lives of people and we give out some apples along the way, how are we going to decide to give? I have three questions that, that really help me as a framework to decide how I'm supposed to give. Because giving doesn't mean just go outside and just throw money up in the air, you know, unless you're, I guess if you're standing by me, that'd be fine. You're welcome to do that. But, uh, but that's probably not a good idea of how to be generous. I want to help you decide how to be generous. Here's the first thing, the relationship question. That question is simply this, that who will I commit to relationally? Or if I could, if I could say this, who will I covenant with? I believe that God puts us in relationships on, perfect, on purpose. Like, I believe you're here today at City Hills, not by accident, but on complete purpose by God. I believe that you're here for a reason and that we're, we're here together at the same moment for a reason. And when we talk about giving and giving generously, here's the first place to start. Who is in your world that you can be a blessing to? Like it doesn't start miles from home. Many times it may start in your neighborhood. Or it may start in the person that sits across the church from you. Or like, like where does it start? Like you're, you're connected with ministries. You're connected with charities. You're connected uh, with the local church. And I'll say this. I, I say this often. I, I think I mentioned this last week as well. But, but you, you owe it to yourself to find the local church that you can be committed to. It doesn't have to be this church. I'd love for it to be. But, but this city has many great churches, many of which I'm friends with their pastors, and I could vouch for them personally. But, but it's not about this church, but you do need to find a people, a place where you can sow your life into that. See, church is not just a place to attend on Sundays. It's a family to believe in. It's a family to do life with, that we're in this together. And so, so who am I in covenant with? Who am I in relationship with? Now, Psalm 92.13 says this, those who are planted. You see that? <laughs> those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And I've seen this my whole life, people talking about the importance of going to church. But I've never seen this part, planted. <laughs> so a lot of people go to church, but they're not planted. What does planted mean? It means you've sowed your life into that place. Church, that's what we're called to do. We're called to sow our lives into the house of the Lord. We're called to sow our lives into the eternal things of God. If you're just sitting up there, see the seed, this, these seeds here, they will never do anything, okay? You could come back in 100 years and these seeds will still be here, just like this. But if you take this seed... It may look insignificant, it may look small, it may look like it doesn't have much value or potential, but you take this one seed and you go out here and you plant it in the dirt out there and you, and you water it and with a little bit of time, this seed's gonna turn into something great. Actually, it'll turn in in 18, let's see, it'll turn into 90 to 110 days, it will turn into a pumpkin. Praise God. It's gonna be a cold pumpkin here in 90 days. <laughs> Probably should have planted it a few months ago. 
here's the deal. You may feel insignificant. You may feel small. You may feel worthless. But you may, but if you plant your life into something bigger than you, you'll become more than you could ever even imagine. Because you know what? Every one of us, when we're left alone, we are kind of small. And we are kind of insignificant. But if you'll be planted in the house of the Lord, don't just be on the house, don't just come to the house of the Lord. Plant yourself in the soil of God and watch what he'll do in your life. You'll flourish. You'll flourish in the courts of our God. Here's the second question, the difference question. The difference question is this. Will it make an eternal difference? That's to say all giving's not the same. That there's a lot of charity, a lot of generosity. That's all well and good. But if we don't spend our lives as believers in things that make eternal differences, I believe we've missed the mark. That we're not, if we only do things that help people, but we don't give them what they need most, which is Jesus Christ, then we've missed it. And so I want to encourage you, when you think about being generous, think about doing things that are making an eternal difference in the lives of people. Think about things, doing things that are going to get people not just fed, but, but fed, clothed, and, and hearing the gospel so that they go from death to life in heaven. Amen? So the difference question. Here's some things that we, we try to structure our whole church life around this, and we're entering into a, an eternal difference kind of season. Here's some things that you can do practically to make an eternal difference. Here, here's, here's one. Invite someone to at the movies. Invite someone to at the movies. That's a series we do every year. Where it's starting in just a few weeks. You saw our incredible promotion earlier today. Uh, someone asked me, did you do that yourself? No, I did not do that myself. Uh, but, but, but I laughed. I thought, it was, I thought that was a lot of fun. But uh, we do at the movies. And what at the movies is, it, for anyone that's new, is it's really an opportunity to share the gospel in a way where someone who does not know Jesus will understand it. We use movies as parables just as Jesus did to tell the story of the gospel and you would be amazed if you haven't experienced before how life-changing it is and how it opens people's hearts to the gospel and this series is not for us this series is so that we can help make an eternal difference in the lives of people. And as you leave today, you're going to get some invitations. And I want to encourage you to take one of these, take 10 of these. Take these invitations and put them at your work. Invite people personally. Go ahead and start spending your life, your time, your influence that God's given you in this city. Do it not just to invite someone to come to your church, but to invite someone who maybe has given up on God and has a complete wrong perspective on the church and all these, and bring them to a place where they're going to be welcome, they're going to hear the gospel, they're going to have a wonderful time, and we just believe souls are going to be saved and lives are going to be changed. So let's do this together as a church family because we're going to see lives changed eternally. Jesus said this, Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. So that's what we are called to do. Here's another thing that we can do uh, that are making eternal difference is our serve Saturdays. We're excited. We have one time a year, we have a big serve day every year. It's a blast in the month of July. But we're all, and then we have serve groups that meet all the time. Just yesterday, I was getting pictures. There was a group serving the homeless. Um, call, it's a group called Love People, and they serve the homeless. And it's, they were having a great time. So there's all kinds of serving happening, but we're organizing some special things for anybody and everybody to jump in. And here's some of them coming up on November 17th. We're having what we call baskets of hope. 
And go ahead and mark your calendar. Prepare to come here and make a difference. And this is a day we're going to be welcoming in families from all over our city. And we're going to be giving them a Thanksgiving meal to take home and to have with their family. And we share the love of Jesus, the gospel. We had we have people that are still part of the church today because of last year's Baskets of Hope outreach and what God did in their life that we're getting outside of ourselves as a church and making a difference because giving is good. And I'm so excited to tell you about this next one. This is the first time to announce this, but we're going to be doing our first ever, we're calling it our Christmas Mall here at the church. And what it is, it's an opportunity for us to sponsor families and specifically children in our city that are not going to be able to have Christmas without it. And what we're going to do in your in your worship guide, you'll see there's a uh, there's a little card that you can fill out if you would like more information about this. But you can choose to sponsor a different age of a boy or a girl, and then we are in the community letting people know about this. And parents can come in, shop for their kids. Parents that can't afford Christmas, they can shop for their kids, hear the gospel, feel the love of God while their kids have a good time next door at City Hills Kids. And we get to wrap their presents. They put the presents in the car and those kids are able to have Christmas because of your generosity. So it's going to, I'm so excited about that. And so fill this out if you feel the Lord leading you to do that and go to the orange tent outside and we have these packets that you can take and it has all the information all about it. And also if you know somebody in our community that needs this, that needs help in any one of these areas. Maybe you know a family that needs to be sponsored. Maybe a friend or a family member that just that that that's a hard Christmas and they're not going to be able to have Christmas with their kids. And we want to be a blessing to them. Just go to our website, CityHills.com, and and let or let them know to go to our website. They can fill out forms and we can get them signed up so that they can be a part of it. But we're we're letting the church know before we let the community know because we want it to be uh, people that you're connected with before we just. Uh, go to the community in the next week. But, but, but all of this to say, we're getting outside of ourselves to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. And then also on December 9th, and I'm letting you know this far in advance because I don't want you to feel like your arm's twisted or you're feeling under compulsion, but we let you know far in advance, the impact offering is an offering we take every year as a church to give to strategic needs in our city and to make a difference. It's the most fun week of the year as we go and we are able to give and make a difference. We give that offering away way to make an impact and it's just absolutely amazing so so go ahead and be praying about those things to make an eternal difference in the lives of people because that's what church is supposed to be about getting outside of ourselves and making a difference isaiah chapter 58 uh, god was having a problem with the way um, israel was going about their their walk with him as a matter of fact it was just all about themselves he says this is this the kind of fast that i've chosen only for a few people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for laying in sackcloth and ashes? What was he saying? He said, you've made church all about yourself. It's all about religion. You're bowing your head and you're putting sackcloth and ashes on. You're doing all these churchy, religious-y things. He says, but that's not, that's not what I called you to do. He goes on to say, is not this the kind of fasting that I've chosen? This, in other words, this is what God says I'm wanting from you. I'm not looking for you to just do religious things. I want you to loose the chains of injustice in your community. I want you to untie the cords of the yoke. I want you to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. I want you to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter. 
And when you see the naked, clothe them. And don't turn away from your own flesh and blood. God says, that's what I want you to do. That's the kind of church I want you to be. I don't want City Hills to just be a place where it's all about themselves, where it's all about us, that we pat ourselves on the back every week and that was three good songs and that was a good sermon and we'll see you next week and those are, you know, we're just doing religious things and we're just, we're just doing things and going through the motions. God says, that's not what I'm wanting. I'm wanting you to be difference makers in our city. I want you to get outside of yourselves, outside of the four walls and love some people and help some people and untie some burdens off of people and clothe some people and make a difference in the lives of people. I want you to give. That's what he's saying. And because of that, he gives some promises to those who want to choose to give. He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. 16 promises from a from a, from a nation that's generous. Here's the first one. Your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Two, your righteousness will go before you. Three, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Four, then you are, will call and the Lord will answer. Five, you will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Six, if you take away the yoke of the oppression and with the pointing of the finger and the malicious talk and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Seven, your night will become like the noonday. Eight, the, the Lord will guide you always. Nine, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched sun land. Ten, he will strengthen your frame. Eleven, you will be like a well-watered garden. Twelve, like a spring whose waters never fail. Thirteen, your people will rebuild ancient ruins and will rise, uh, raise up the age-old foundations. Fourteen, you will be called repair of the broken walls. Fifteen, restore of the streets with dwellings. Sixteen promises for a group of people that said, I'm not living living my life for me. Church, God will take care of you if you're generous. You don't have less when you give. When you give, you have more. Where's my apple people in the house? Where's my apple peoples in the house? Come on, here we go. When you give, it's not gone. It just takes a little bit of time, but it's coming back to you. Come on, somebody. Anybody been eating their apple? One service, somebody ate their whole apple. There we go. There we go, there we go, there we go, there we go. I gave someone all the way in the back. There we go. Come on, throw it up there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, I got lost it in the light. Got it. Here we go, Jim. Thank you so much. It's coming back to you when you give. I wish in the illustration to be better if I had everybody in the congregation had one. Because you don't just get back what you gave. You get back more. And it's not just money. It's not just, man, something so much greater but God will never be mocked. Here's the third question, the God question. The God question is simply this. Is God speaking to me? And this is my favorite question. Because when you start living your life, when God says, give, you give, that's, that's where it's at. You don't give because somebody uh, under compulsion, you don't give because you have to. But let's be that kind of church. You just, you just, church, you give when God tells you to give. And don't give until he tells you to give. And let's be that kind of people to say, God, what are you saying to me? You will walk in Starbucks tomorrow being like, Lord, is there anybody in here you want me to bless? You'll walk up in your work saying, Lord, is there anybody here today? Like you'll walk like you're on assignment because you are. 
live our lives asking this question. It is the last and final thing, simply this. Lord, what would you have me do? That's my prayer, church. Let's do this. Giving's good. Let's walk our world. Lord, what do you have me do? And to me, that frees us from guilt and shame and fear and worry and anxiety. If I could say this, don't ever give because Brandon tells you to. Only give because Jesus tells you to. Because here's the deal. I'm not going to be with you on Monday at Starbucks or at your work. If all you do is it's all about what happens at church and what happens with the pastor, that's such a low level of generosity. But if you'll live your life and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? He's go, he'll go with you everywhere. And he will use you to make an impact that you could never imagine. See this thing? If, if, I, were to set, if I were to set this apple out on this stage... In just a few weeks, it would be nasty. As beautiful and as tasty of an apple, and I ate one earlier. As beautiful and as tasty of an apple as it is, it will not last. But if I plant this in the ground, it may take some years, but in my yard, with the right care, the right amount of time, there'll be another tree come out of this thing. And if I take the seeds from that tree and plant them again, and then plant those again, the power of an entire orchard is in this one apple. But the power's not released until it's sown in the ground. If I eat it, it dies with me. If I sit it there, it dies by itself. But if I plant it, in something greater than itself, in the soil. If I could say this, if I could plant my life in the eternal soil that reaches souls, God says it'll always come back more than what you can ever imagine. And that's how we leave a legacy.